0: The other realm awaits. can use rtx voice now but i'm not going to go through the trouble to set it up anymore. wow
1: that's pretty cool is <laughs> it they did they like update stuff. did they update it in some way well, or i got
0: my new gpu finally you
1: know, oh right right it, right
0: now it works but whatever
1: uh so i gotta introduce this there's several ways i could introduce this because there are too many good voice clips in this game but i think i gotta go with one of my personal favorites dark metamorphosis it is welcome To please don't listen to this, your soul depends on it. Hell, oh, scream, monster, terror, soda, fright. Goresome, foursome. We are here discussing the symphony of the night. The children of the night, how sweetly they sing. And uh, this is, uh, it's just a, you know, a a duo today. But here with me, I have miserable little pile of secrets. Alex. That's me. I'm a man. <laughs> and i i am your host secret boot wearer nick
0: oh he's just a little bit taller <laughs> just like no very needs, slightly taller no one needs to know
1: no one needs to know uh yes but we wanted to talk about symphony of the Night. more specifically i wanted to talk about symphony of the night and uh alex said sure that sounds like fun yeah i like this but game. this is a, yeah it's a great game <laughs> i i don't think like I have known people to be contrarians about a lot of games, but I don't think I've known anyone who has played Symphony of the Night and gone, yeah, it sucks, like, now, (laughs) in comparison. I don't think, I think it is just, there is too much that is good about it for it to be, like, have the tide turn against it. Like, Ocarina, people turn on Ocarina, right? You know, Ocarina of Time, like, oh, yeah, whatever, 1998. uh, uh, Like, uh, every game builds on Ocarina of Time, even the games that come right after. But other like memorable there are some memorable games where just like there's too much going for it i think it's it's so hard to be against this even if you're playing it let's say you were born in the year 2000 if you played it now you would probably still get a kick out of it i think
0: yeah i think so and i especially within that kind of era of because that was a very specific game space especially on the playstation one um it was kind of a deliberate attempt to do what Games we're good at, as opposed to this brave new frontier of garbage-looking pixel guys.
1: It's very funny because um, uh, they were, you know, going the exact opposite direction. You know, this was getting worked on at the exact same time as Castlevania 64, which is a famous train <laughs> right. wreck. Yeah. And they were like, Symphony of the Night, that's the side project. That's the budget shit. That, mm. that one, nobody's going to remember Symphony of the Night in a couple of years. Still uses 3d uses 3d that's the future and while they were right in the sense that 3d is the future they were wrong in the sense that castlevania 64 sucks because nobody was ready for it and nobody knew how to make a 3d environment at the time whereas not a lot to
0: salvage that era from that era no uh on the other hand
1: you know using the playstation's like uh you know processing power you can make something that is a really really nice 2d game
0: yeah now with cds we could put two castles in it and uh, (laughs) cd quality audio
1: dracula can talk (laughs) yeah before you had to go to the pc engine for that (laughs) yeah um but alex how did you first play symphony of the night
0: um it was only a couple years ago for me um i want to say maybe 2017 2018 I finally got around to it, and um, for a while I had wanted to try and uh, track down a physical copy of this game, but it was mm. by that point it was prohibitively expensive, at least for me. Um, and I was looking into some of the other options. Right, I'm like, okay, you know, this game is incredibly popular. It must have been ported everywhere. I'm like, well, you could either play the um, original game on PS One, mm-hmm. the uh, PSP port collection with dracula x um or you can buy it digitally on the playstation 3 <laughs> and i'm like wow well, okay um this was before they they did re- eventually re-release it on playstation 4 um, it, as part of a collection there but this was before that uh so i pulled out my playstation 3 put my credit card into it and got the ps1 classics edition of castlevania and um you know, I, I definitely have mentioned this on the show, where I, I always say this, but I love that. Um, I It's baffling to me that they didn't bring forward any of those PS1 games off of the PS3 because those are still some of the best ways to play a lot of really good PlayStation 1 <laughs> games uh, that they refuse to make available or want to sell you a retro console to play. Um, it is a
1: huge pain in the ass to play Ape Escape in a way that is, like, yeah. reasonable. There there's are other of, games, too, yeah, I'm sure. there's a lot of those. I mean,
0: like... <laughs> My PlayStation... Weirdly, my PlayStation 3 is my, like, early Resident Evil machine. It's my mm. Silent Hill 1. It's my um, Metal Gear Solid. It's, like, a lot of that stuff is like, oh, this is where I have to play it. Because they don't want to sell me these games again on a new console. But mm. anyway, so uh, the pain of playing it aside, finally getting around to it, it was wonderful. This is, like, it was one of those things that, like, I really brought me back. I, I was not... I have not not played a ton of Metroidvania games. It's kind of a recent, recent guy for me. You know, I went back and did all the Metroids and some of the indie games and all that stuff. But this really did kind of get me into that headspace of just like chilling out on a Saturday and just blitzing through this castle. And I think it oh, helps yeah. because the game is uh, pretty easy. Once you get a, like an hour or so in, you can kind of just zone out and do everything.
1: One of the many ways it sets itself against the classic Castlevanias.
0: Yes, Absolutely, it's and one of the other things I'm sure we'll talk about it a little more. But I I really admire this game for just being like weird systems on top of systems. It's it's a mess yeah. in a good they way. They don't mesh. They yeah. don't
1: mesh at all. Um, I think <laughs> that is the uh, great. that is the edge. Like occasionally, I'll get into like uh, stupid like arguments with, say, for example, our friend Andrew about whether this game or Super Metroid is a is a better game to play. And that, right. of course doesn't matter. None of that yeah, shit matters. No, one, no this one one could, wins could, having nobody that wins there. But the thing that always gave uh Super Metroid the edge to me was that it didn't have a bunch of fat that like yes. like that like a bunch of uh, shit stacked on top of each other that doesn't always work uh and doesn't really interact with itself super well. However, I think that if you are playing Symphony of the Night, that is the charm the charm is a bunch of stuff that doesn't work like a yeah. luck stat what do you need a luck stat for it, it, in an exploring 2d it, adventure game
0: it, yeah it, it affects like a handful of things that are not that important but no. it's like it's it's a kitchen sink game in a way that like a, a handful of other kind of games try to do but like the one of the big i mean this, this being a konami konami game um Kind of puts it in the same failing, but this o- always felt like a Kojima touch to me. It's just weird, dumb details that don't matter, but make the game richer or make it like poking into a corner and finding the boots that give you one extra. There
1: was there was fight. something in the water fountain at Konami in the late '90s <laughs> yeah. for sure, because uh, like you know, In, Symphony of the Night, uh, Metal Gear Solid One, all of those games are kind of designed in the same way where they are feature rich to a fault they've got so much kind of going on in them uh silent hill of course uh is a little trim more trimmed down in that respect but even they were like you know pushing the envelope for how a 3d person would look in a game uh but uh symphony of the night this game you know is coming out in 97 this is the the uh or wait is it 90 it's 97 right
0: i don't have the wikipedia i'm
1: I'm pulling it up right now i'm pretty sure it's 97 (laughs) Uh, but this game is coming out right when 3D is, like, kind of getting its legs. It's, 3D is learning to walk, and 2D is, like, yep. hitting the graceful stage of its life where every every trick has been figured out, and now we can kind of, like, you know, the super the thing from Super Mario World where you make the sprites get really big isn't novel anymore, so we can do fun stuff with
0: it. Right, yeah, it's, they've kind of, they've explored a lot of what, pixel art can do and uh you yeah a lot of the new fancy effects are stuff you can do with 3d and even like some of the early like super nintendo stuff was they kind of faked 3d or you know right they they kind of approximated what it might look like
1: and while actual 3d was still a total mess as evidence as evidenced by castlevania 64 to use three d sparingly, like to say, make a 3 d model of the castle that you zoom over in an intro or a tiny little spinning coffin, or maybe just a an uncanny three d effect that would harangue you in a boss fight. Like those <laughs> things can be done because they're like they're tiny things. You're using the 3 d a little bit. You're using it for flavor as opposed to making the whole game about it. And this is just the art design. like we're we're not even talking about how like crazy this game like gets into in every other way. Like, right. and this was in fact nineteen ninety seven both ways. It was nineteen ninety seven. For uh, for March for Japan and November
0: for the U.S. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I think that this this game is really interesting in that, like, I think a lot of other Metroidvania games, I think, do better in variety, but I think mm. that this game is really interesting in having it be the castle, and you're exploring different parts of a castle. It, it feels like it kind of has a holisticness of design i don't it doesn't feel like a real place because it's it's insane it's a magic castle <laughs> it's laid out in an incredibly wacky but, like, but way, when you
1: but get but to the edges you see the castle walls and you can right. see outside the you castle and it's like well i don't need to go there what i need or, to do is in the castle
0: yeah it's it's laid out in a very interesting way for these types of game i think um it feels like a holistic location and in an interesting way i think because uh, a lot of well, um, my main comparison point, of course, is Super Metroid. But like that game is separated into kind of discrete zones, and this game definitely is too. But it's like the waterways, the library. It's not Brinstar. Mm-hmm. It's not Norfair. Mm-hmm. It's an it's it's a cool approach, I think. I'm, and I'm just a sucker for that kind of thing. You know, big Resident Evil fan. I like exploring a big place with nonsensical architecture.
1: So my first time playing this game. The first time I ever got my hands on it was that same download PS3 release that you talked about. Except, of course, Cam and I, we had a 360.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Cam had an Xbox 360. We had an Xbox 360. And Cam downloaded Symphony of the Night. And he was playing through it. A game I am astonished that he had the patience for. (laughs) But I guess I should uh, retract that statement because I don't think he finished it. But Mm. I, I thought it looked so cool while he was playing. And I loved watching him play it. Because, well, partially because the music was so good. Oh, but yeah. uh, that's getting to something a little, a little bit. But um, eventually, three uh, three years ago, um, I uh, they came out with a uh, Castlevania Remembrance or something collection, and it's Got just it. Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night, and those are the yeah. only two things. But that is a slam dunk of a double pack, like for twenty mm-hmm. bucks, like oh my god! And so I was playing that on PS4. I made sure I was like, I am going to beat Rondo of Blood before I play Symphony of oh, Night because right. it's a direct sequel and I I yeah. made, I committed to it. And I'm happy I did because so much of what makes Symphony of Night good is there in Rondo of Blood in it's like a, a proto form like it's yeah, not quite ready yet.
0: I haven't completely pl- I haven't played that game but I know a lot of how that works and it's it's really interesting in like that game seemed like it was the swan song of this ver- of the classic style of Castlevania game, mm-hmm. but they you could tell with like the diverging paths and like hidden zones and stuff mm-hmm. that they were kind of evolving it into what uh, Egan absolutely would become.
1: Uh, Richter had command moves that he could do that would get <laughs> him into different places. I love that. Of course, as a fighting game guy, I love yeah. any kind of extra command moves to to like you know <laughs> learn learn whole sp- system. It's yeah.
0: insane that that's a thing. You can play mm-hmm. the whole game and not know that you can do a Hadoken and have a special move fire off.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. And um, of course, on top of that, in uh, in uh, Rondo of Blood, something else that's important is it has these tiny little cutscenes. First time for uh, first time for Castlevania, if I remember correctly, and they look like early '90s anime, which is great. They were done yeah. on the PC Engine, so they are very stilted, and I love them to pieces. Uh, but they also introduce um, something that they hadn't done, I think, since uh, Castlevania 3, which is the multiple playable characters thing. Because halfway through the game, you rescue Maria Renard, who instead of fighting with whips and being kind of like not very mobile, like Richter is the classic Castlevania guy. He's, he's slow. He stomps around. He's got a whip. And he, he's he got like some things that differentiate him a little bit, like the backflip, this great backflip and the slide and all that. But for the most part, he is not maneuver- that maneuverable. You got to get yourself into the right position before you attack. Yeah. And Maria Renard is the other side of the coin where she... Uh, is was meant to be an easy mode, which is funny that you don't un- unlock her until halfway through. But um, you can choose oh. to play any stage as Maria or Richter after you unlock her. But she fights using animals from the Chinese zodiac that you attack with different right, buttons yeah. and commands. So she sends out a little bird, and that's her like whip attack, which doesn't do <laughs> as much damage. The bird. She's got a dragon. She's got a dog. Uh, it's it's wonderful. It's so much fun, and it was like a really nice whimsical touch on top of like. Uh, the melodramatic uh, Halloween uh, castleness of normal Dracula. So after that game, you know, grinded my bones into dust because it's so hard, and then I finally beat it, and I <laughs> felt very proud of myself, um, I turned on Symphony of the Night, and, uh, you know, as a direct sequel, it, it works so well, but also it easing you in so much. It was such a relaxing game. I played the entire back half of Symphony of the Night with a massive hangover from our, uh, oh, 20, our 2018 Halloween party Uh, at our old apartment and i gotta tell you it was perfect it was so good for that it was like smooth relaxing uh kind of not too like it it, like i was focused on it but it didn't have to be like it wasn't too taxing and of course the music and art were incredible so like you know that that's obviously a plus in its favor but this game has stuck with me ever since, and I've been meaning to play through the other Igavanias, the other Castlevanias in this style, but I hadn't gotten around to them. I was just going to emulate them, but final, but they came out with a nice way to play them a couple of weeks ago that I'm going to give a give a try to, uh, the, uh yeah. the the Castlevania Advance Collection or whatever.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. I've heard that like one or two out of three of those GBA games is good, and then uh, the DS games are a toss up too. But like, it's interesting to me that they just like, uh. After Symphony of the Night, they they went on to make these games on Game Boy Advance, which is mm-hmm. like, it's not quite there technolo- technologically because it was a mm-hmm. handheld at that point, And they just didn't have the power. So I, I, I am interested in playing those, but I'm, I'm curious if they can do anything as special. Uh, yeah, that's with a great that question. Hardware. But um, we'll see. I haven't played them.
1: Because part of what makes Symphony so special, as we were talking about earlier, is playing with the hardware. So you, of course, if you're listening to this, you probably already know what the game's about. But after Rondo of Blood, Dracula's castle, for some reason, just doesn't go away, even though Dracula got killed. And uh, then uh, you find that uh, the the Belmont, Richter Belmont, uh, the the one who uh, slayed Dracula this past time, has mysteriously vanished. And uh, you need... uh, and Alucard, of course, awakens from his, like, hundred-year slumber or something like that. And he's like, hey, that's weird. My my dad's not around, but the castle's still here. And there are some other things going around. Like, he just notices that there's something off. And Alucard, despite living in his dad's house, does not like his dad very much, which, you know, seems like yeah. a total thing that I can I can see happening. Because, um, you know, when you think your dad is like a, uh, a plague of evil upon this earth, you're like, oh, it's probably not good that he's still around, huh? <laughs> you're like... Uh, he does his cool card walk uh, with after images into yeah. the castle bridge, and you're, you're trying to figure out what's going on in the castle and make it all the way up to the top where uh, you think Dracula is waiting, going to be waiting for you again. But you navigate it in a totally different way. It's not split into stages. It's like the Metroid style that we all know and love um, where you're gathering different abilities, uh, of course, stolen by death from you at the beginning of the game because death is an asshole. Uh in cutscenes that I just found out through that series that I was showing, uh I was pulling pulled up for you. Um almost all the dialogue flourishes that we love about Symphony of the Night, the what is a man miserable little pile of secrets, which apparently comes from like Nietzsche, which is great. Uh but like it's it's all the localization team. Like it's all it was like really (laughs) standard, like where is my father? And like i've come to liberate the castle and stuff like that yeah and then the the uh localization team was like well we got to jazz this up a little bit put some stank on it yeah they they did and uh (laughs) people make fun of the dialogue in this game but we're still talking about it it's so memorable it's
0: it's part of the charm absolutely um and i think i i'm i'm if i'm remembering correctly for like the most modern release of this game they use the like second version localization that doesn't have as much fun as much not the fair it's not
1: fair it's a better translation and the yeah. sound quality is better but it's not the same the, the yeah. those original playstation voices are something special for sure and i would not want to give them up
0: um one of the things i really love about how this game opens especially if you um if you hadn't played rondo of blood it, it does it's it starts with like a previously on castle gives you the star wars text scroll. They, you you get to play the final boss fight uh, mm. as richter and um you like you start the game fighting dracula and it, it's just a really cool kind of it's it's a flashback but it feels like you're at, already at the end of the story so
1: um, koji garashi the director of this game has said that he wanted to rondo uh to uh like move beyond to like one up the castlevania rondo of blood intro where you fight death in the first like five minutes and he's like all right well the only way we can do that is if you fight dracula immediately very
0: cool and uh, one interesting thing about that first boss fight is that it sets your i don't know exactly how this articulates it's all kind of behind the scenes but um the way that you perform in that fight at the opening fight at the beginning determines what alucard stats will be mm-hmm. when you start the game proper so you can like speedrunners will do this all the time or you know they know how to manipulate it all so they can get better stats or worse stats um Mm -hmm. actually but uh it's just another one of those weird systems that like didn't need to be there uh, but it makes the game richer and cooler and more interesting
1: i love it um one of the things that i like about that too is that opening fight is also full of a ton of Easter eggs that you don't necessarily need to activate. Something that I have never had happen to me. I've granted, I've only played the game all the way through once, but in that opening, if you die, you don't actually die. Maria, Renard comes on screen and activates a spell that makes you invincible. Yeah. Now you don't want that to happen because your stats are going to suck really bad if you die if you uh, get your health that low in the opening to, in the opening fight, but. It's a cool little thing, especially considering Maria Renard is such an important character later on.
0: Right. Yeah, I think um, I, I this was the thing I've only heard through other people talking about it, but I think the Sega Saturn version you can play as Maria? Yes, that's there, true. There, there's like five different versions of this mm-hmm. game. <laughs> yep, the Saturn
1: version you can play as Maria, and they added an extra little boss fight with her. I, the Castlevania Requiem collection that I was referring to earlier maintains both of those features because it is based on the PSP oh, version.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I never get to mess around with that because I was playing the PS1 version. Mm. But very interesting. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, well, all right. I I don't know if you wanted to bring this up later, but uh, one of the big like standout moments in this game is um, uh, if you've, you explore the main castle enough, you'll find um, a couple items that presumably don't really have a use but uh, can all be combined in the final boss fight to reveal that uh wizard man uh is shaft. it's shaft of course his name doing, is shaft shaft is doing something bad and um it, basically they uh kind of flip the script and, and flip the castle literally um there is twice as much game as the reveal at the end of this uh you have to go through the entirety of your map that you've explored in the castle uh upside down mm-hmm. uh it's it's an interesting reveal and it's something that I think had a lot more value when this game was new um, because the game that you just spent a bunch of money on is now twice as long. The Um, only thing that upsets
1: me about it is I feel like it could be hinted to a little more organically. Like if I had not learned that through osmosis that I need the gold and silver ring and I need to go to the clock tower room to flip the castle. Like if I didn't know that I never ever would have gone looking for those items like, like the idea that there's something wrong wouldn't have even occurred to me when i went up there and fought shaft and richter instead of dracula like except that the ending is like a downer and it sucks like maybe that would have made me go huh that's interesting uh but like
0: descriptions of the rings have like an oblique hint if you combine Mm -hmm. both of the descriptions together they tell you where to go yes they say
1: like use in uh clock tower room or, or like using clock room or something like that yeah. but not only are there multiple clock rooms in this game although there's oh, only man. one that uh we are there yeah uh <laughs> but also those rings are not those rings are part of the problem that this game has with putting items in places where it feels like a, they feel like rewards right because mm-hmm. like the silver ring is just like on a ledge somewhere if i remember correctly the gold ring yeah, you actually have to have mist form and like yeah, all this other them, stuff to get to one of
0: them you have to go through a, a- a spike puzzle to get to, I mm-hmm. think, or it's like you have to get the boots to walk on the spikes, mm, right, and you right, right. have to go through that specific area. It's it that one I think is signaled in a way that it's like, oh, this is a, an important item, even if you don't know what to do with it. Yeah,
1: but I feel like the gold ring is just lying around somewhere. Yeah, I,
0: I don't remember because this game is all about picking up things that mm-hmm. are. Um, <laughs> it, you got about a fifty-fifty chance if it's an interesting, useful item or something that's worse than the gear you already have on. Um, (laughs) I made a reference to
1: the secret boots earlier. The secret boots, the only thing they do is they have a description that says makes you imperceptibly taller and they don't affect your stats at all. It's great.
0: Uh, And like a lot of that is cool, interesting detail. And a lot of it is like it's it it feels like cruft. It's like it's interesting to have 20 different types of sword, but like only a couple of them you're going to use outside of the novelty of using a dagger over a long sword.
1: Now, what were you using through most of the game, Alex? I'm curious.
0: I don't... I, I definitely held on to the re- regular dagger, or maybe one of the first daggers you get I used for a lot of the game because I liked kind of the moveset. I liked being able to just mash the button and, and swing as fast as you can. Um, I definitely settled into the, like, end game, like the Alucard sword, like the end game, like, best mm-hmm. gear when I when I got it. Um, uh... I think that's about... I, I don't I don't remember if there's any, like, really crazy gear. Um, I know that the everybody likes the shield rod, which is a fun gimmick. Um,
1: Absolutely. When I got that shield rod, I don't think I let go of it for the rest of the game. <laughs> like, they were going to have to pry that shield rod for my cold dead hands. I kept finding stuff that was, like, damage-wise better than the shield rod during the second half of the game. I'm like, well, with the, with the shield rod, though, shield rod, I can do all these other things. Like, because the shield rod's yeah. a weapon where... Its effect changes depending on what shield you're holding, and some shields do an insane amount of damage or has have a giant area of effect. And if you're picking up so much shit over the course of the game, like you just have piles and piles of shields, and there's so many to try. Yeah.
0: Um, The other one of the other fun item tricks that they do in this game is that um, you your kind of end game gear is like the Alucard sword and shield, um, but they also have like a fake version of that. Uh, and the localization calls it the Alucard, I think, or card. <laughs> uh, but it's, like, just a kind of normal sword. It's, like, not good. But, like, mm-hmm. you get the end game version. Obviously, that's, that's your own gear. But it's just a weird misdirect that it's, like, mm. yeah, this is the knockoff brand Alucard sword. <laughs> but so, there's a lot of weird items yeah. in this game. The weapon that I was
1: using up until the up until I found the shield rod, which is like the 25% mark or something, um, I was using the holy rod, which makes a great noise. It goes like, whang, <laughs> like this is like kind of bright, like shine noise when you uh, stick it out. It's also very funny to have a vampire swinging around like the, the rod of the Lord or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And um, this game has enemies that take different damage based on different elemental things. But the thing is, it's so... You cannot know that and be fine. Like yeah, the I, game was, is I was, I so was swinging easy around. Otherwise, <laughs> I was swinging around the holy rod, not noticing any difference in which yeah. enemies I was killing, and that's fine. It's it's totally fine because the bulk of the game is about the exploration. The combat is fun, but it's not something that you need to spend a hundred percent of your time on, like you would in, say, a Dark Souls game.
0: It's interesting. I was um, talking about this online with somebody else because the, these two. Um, symphony and super metroid came up like in comparison like they Mm -hmm. always seem to do um but i uh, it's something that i kind of noticed and uh is an interesting thing kind of from the design perspective on these two games is that um uh, metroid when they like when you beat the game and you get your results screen they they give you an item percentage based Mm -hmm. on how many items you have found um throughout the game um but the way that Simp- and I, I don't know if the other Igavanias have a difference for this, but the way that Symphony of the Night tracks your completion is by map completion. By mm-hmm. having visited every room, you get 100%. Um, it's it's interesting because I think it, it definitely puts forward kind of the... I think the design ethos of this game is less on the like challenge or the joy of the mechanics and more in just getting to see this insane, cool... Mm castle that they put together and then doing it twice cuz you have the inverted one.
1: <laughs> and part of that is the art of this game. Now, the art of this game is absolutely gorgeous sprite work which we've already drawn, but all the portraits are done by Ayami Kojima, who is who was like the tastemaker for the franchise for a while. Gorgeous gorgeous painted characters. The best-looking yeah. alicard you've ever seen. The J- the Japanese box art for Symphony of the Night is gorgeous.
0: It, honestly, and pe- it really reminds me of the guy who does the like or who did all the illustrate Final Fantasy illustrations, all the like old, yeah. um, old ones, like the things that they would then went and made the pixel art based off of those original drawings. Very interesting art style. I like it. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a very. It totally fits with this game because this game is very classical. It's very uh, painterly, and a lot of in a lot of the things it definitely goes for the kind of. Uh, evoking the classic style of the what maybe what you think of when you think of the novel Dracula, the kind of the yeah. era and the, and the art style and the themes.
0: It's and I find from that to a be... lot of a, a, a lot more of the kind of yeah, uh, you know, we talked about it to uh, begin our October month, but mm-hmm. Bram Stoker's Dracula definitely feels Castlevania. <laughs> and of course, there are multiple you know, references to that a, movie in this game, The yeah, is influence. great. Yeah. Um, um, I'm pretty
1: sure you can find the uh, the uh, flay, flayed man armor uh, that Dracula wow. wears in that movie in the castle in the second half. Very cool. Now, um, uh, so Ayami Kojima's amazing art and the incredible sprite work in this game, like the way Alucard moves, his like march is so incredible. It, it looks so good. It's one of the best walk cycles in any game, I think.
0: And it's so like it's um it's like it, expressive like so so much like to the nth degree they really overdo it on all the animation and it's so fun for that i think it's not like an efficient walk cycle it looks like he's going probably twice the speed than he would be for like right how right lavish that animation is. it's like
1: if a guy was walking but he was moving at the speed of a truck it's so good it's very, very unique. It feels uh, wonderful. That's, that's what it is. And was, um, okay. then you've got stuff like the back dashes and the double jump that flaps the cure cape like it's wings, and all that stuff is beautiful to look at. The enemies are an insane mix. They do really do feel like it's the kitchen sink because it's stuff from Rondo of Blood, which came out four years earlier. It's stuff that's unique to this game, stuff that they just drawn, and stuff like stuff from the fucking Super Nintendo games is thrown in here, unupdated.
0: Like yeah, it's yep. so Fish interesting. <laughs>
1: It's like a mishmash of sprites from all different uh eras of Castlevania because they thought this was the send-off for 2D. They're like we're not going to be making any more 2D games after this. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is a curtain call for us. And uh, all of this, you know, the beautiful artistry is something that you can stare lovingly at while listening to the incredible soundtrack by Michiru Yamane, who is like
0: wildly
1: talented. Like Yeah. Uh, I
0: think- the, the standout track for me, and I remind—I think it's the like marble something. It's the mm-hmm. uh, hold on, um, hold on. I'm gonna have to Google it. Maybe it's like marble ballroom or something. Yeah, absolutely. Marble gallery. There marble go, that's gallery. What I was thinking of. Yes,
1: the marble gallery. Um,
0: that's that's probably my favorite track, and uh, I'll I'll drop it. Maybe we can throw it into the episode, but. Mm-hmm. Um, all the music is great i i just love jamming out to these tracks while wandering through these hallways
1: and there's it's, so many good ones oh my god metamorphosis blood relations like stuff that only plays in a room that's like one screen long yeah one, and it's still and one incredible
0: you go to like a couple times so it's like it has this beautiful music that you don't <laughs> you don't hear mm, anywhere else it's absolutely like, it's awesome
1: She's done some other stuff, but I feel like a lot of times when people get Michiru Yamane for something, it's because they're like, I really like Symphony of the Night. Can you just can you do something for my game? <laughs> I know for a fact that is why Skullgirls got her.
0: Uh, like
1: Skullgirls has an incredible soundtrack as well. Um in, in a different way than Symphony of the yeah. Night. Symphony of the Night is more music to explore by, which is is different. <laughs> and it's so it feels so good. Like it, it, it's not always sometimes it can be moody and dark, but it can also be like kind of goofy and jaunty. And the music for the library sounds like kind of old and dusty. And the music for the Coliseum is like ready, get ready for a fight. And I'm sure I've had some of it playing in this episode already. And I will definitely yeah, close it. out on the marble, uh, the marble gallery because it is such a good song.
0: Yeah. Um, one more thing I would, with- um, be remiss not to mention mm-hmm. um, the, I, I'm a little I'm iffy on the inverted castle as a concept in the current year um, but I. Uh, most of the bosses in that area are like straight up like universal monsters send ups. Mm-hmm. They're like all the get, ones I mean, from Castlevania 1 yeah, that's how they're doing the it. the Castlevania collection It's it's so fun to be like you, you know, you fought the mummy in the first Castlevania game. Mm-hmm. Here's our interpretation of the mummy, mm-hmm. and it's just cool, really cool to see. And especially they did in all in this bonus zone, you know. This they kind of, they kind of do of a game. version
1: of all that shit in um, in uh, Rondo of Blood as well, because Rondo of Blood is definitely mimicking Castlevania one in a different way, where it's like the kind of marching. <laughs> How many marching... times
0: have they soft remade Castlevania one? Uh, like... Well, let's see.
1: We got <laughs> there's Castlevania one. There's Bloodlines for the Genesis, which I think does that. Um, if I remember correctly, anyway, uh, Rondo of Blood Super has pieces of it. Is uh, Super Castlevania, Castlevania 4 1. is is a remake yeah. of Castlevania One. Uh, they did Castlevania Origins, like later on, like the Wii or something, and that's also huh. technically huh. a Castlevania One remake. Uh, there's all, the, yeah, they've done it plenty of times. I, I think Castlevania One's really good, so I'm not going to complain about it. But yeah. um, it is funny that to be like, okay, you've beaten demons from hell, you you've beaten. Uh, You know, giant, horrible
0: flesh monsters. Yeah, the grand flu and the big ball of bodies. You Another be- really I mean, insanely good design.
1: You've been ancient warriors and unfathomable creatures, but next is regular Frankenstein. Get <laughs> yeah, get absolutely ready for regular Frankenstein because he going to fuck like you up. Walking
0: up, up and one shotting him because yeah. at that point in the game, you have you are so far beyond the power mm-hmm. curve. <laughs> you
1: found the Alucard shield, so the shield rod is now unstoppable. It does, like yeah, it's like yeah, damage. <laughs> so you know frame. it's all this, but that's that's part of what makes this game so fun. And like it's yeah. also got little cutscenes. You get like the the Dracula backstory that's been hinted at in other games, but like you get to see like, oh yes, uh, well for Alucard to be Dracula's kid, then he you know still must have had the human uh, the human wife at one point, and they uh, talk about that. There's a oh god, who is it? It's like Cersei or someone who or or Carmela. So there's there's a, a female vampire like uh, trickster that like that brings you back to the memory of your mother and that's how you get to see Alucard's memories and that's a fun moment and then that comes back of course at the end when you talk to Dracula and right before you stab him and send him back to hell you're like you weren't always like this were you don't you remember our mother or or my mother and and your wife and he's like yeah I I guess I do and he like has like one brief nice moment then you stab him and kill him it's so good (laughs) Yeah. And it's also one of the most fucked up Dracula transformations they ever do because they love to have Dracula transform into something else after you kill oh, his regular classic vampire form. And in this one, he's he's like a two headed hover car looking thing. Like it's so yeah. strange. Oh, huge fan, huge fan of all of that stuff. Do you have any other moments you want to shout out before we close this out with our ratings?
0: Um, let's see. I you know I I mostly touched on it. I think well, while I have been gushing, I think that like they. Definitely, like, this is still the high point for, like, I have not played too many more of the um, Metroidvania kind of Castlevania games. But the, it's interesting to me that this is still kind of the point, like, this is the high bar that we hold it against. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other Castlevania game or any other, you know, we had the spiritual successor, uh, Bloodstain uh, come out a Mm -hmm. couple years ago we actually talked about it on our that one's almost uh, the greatest hits of of, uh
1: every that one's almost the greatest hits of every igovania though because that has like this soul absorbing stuff from uh yeah harm uh harmony of dissonance and like the the tarot cards and a bunch of other shit that they that were ideas they didn't get until later um which is so funny because symphony of the night has all these ideas that like don't work all the time, and to think that they would have that the solution <laughs> would end up being more, yeah that they just kept adding more <laughs> shit. They didn't. They weren't like let's go back to basics at any point because the the piling on of all these features is kind of what makes Symphony of the Night so special.
0: Yeah, um, I always shout it out, and I have to shout it out again um, since mentioning uh, Bloodstained. One of the only redeeming things in that game, I did like it. It's a fine game. Um, it has the coolest take on uh, this. This game does the inverted castle. Um, mm-hmm. Bloodstain has uh, just gives it to you as an ability to just turn the map upside. Oh, down Oh, that's you want. a great
1: idea! I and didn't it's know such that. Such a
0: cool touch, and there are so many secrets you can get to just by like looking at a, a hole in the air and being like, "How do I get there?" Oh, I just turned the whole map upside down, and now I can explore it. Um, really, really cool send up of this game's big unique secret.
1: Yes, um, uh, yeah. and I, I well, I like that the inverted castle as well. It doesn't like. Uh, you kind of have to go in a certain order, at least if you when you once you're finding abilities in the in the uh, regular castle and then in the inverted castle. It's like, well, you already have all the abilities, so you could go anywhere. There's five you things you need to get.
0: Yeah, they don't need to design the map because it's yeah. literally, you can fly. So yeah, exactly. Like, you can <laughs> fly, fly and it. it's upside down. So
1: they're like, all right, just form a bat and get around however yeah, you want.
0: Like, there's no way you could jump up this, but you don't have to. Mm,
1: final <laughs> note on the game, I think, before we get into ratings, is that more games should allow you to turn into mist. I think that
0: mm, that is. I, I think if, if well, any lessons are still even, left
1: to be learned from Symphony of the Night. I
0: really touch on those uh, animal transformations, but it is one of the, like, Coolest unlocks in games, mm-hmm. I think, to be Absolutely. able to turn into mist or a bat.
1: Uh, something that around. uh Shante does super well, although in a much uh, uh, in a much different way. Uh, yeah. of having kind of animal forms be your way of getting around.
0: Yeah, and the dog being your shine spark or the wolf. It's such a funny yeah. like, <laughs> funny touch.
1: And you just do a flash kick to do an insane high jump. <laughs>
0: But yeah, do we want to do ratings?
1: Absolutely. Uh, now this is this does not play, take place on Halloween or anywhere near Halloween. But this is a fucking five pumpkin thing. Oh, Come yeah, on, there's
0: mummies! Come there's vampires. on, yeah.
1: mummies! You got your Frankenstein's, your Draculs. you got everything mm-hmm. that you could possibly want. It's the spooky Halloween castle. And as far as I'm concerned, almost every Castlevania game gets a five pumpkin out of me. Oh, yeah. Like it's Absolutely. it's it's easy, it's easy. And um, eh, Unfortunately, I got to say one scream cuz that's not what this game's going for, but that one scream comes from the cutscene for the Legion boss fighter, the whatever the flesh ball thing is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, where all these like corpses are marching into a room and climbing onto this horrible ball orb and that is a very yeah, it, spooky it image
0: does have some real evocative imagery i think even even though it's not trying to scare mm-hmm. you it's like this is fucked up <laughs> and it, they absolutely do it It shows it's that
1: a... they have it in them and were they to try and make a game yeah. that was really like disturbing and like oh fucked up like they could do it that's just not at all what they're going for
0: yeah and i think i'm gonna give this the screams of all the tortured souls that make up of all of corpses <laughs> that's a
1: lot of screams uh blood this game is swimming in blood but it has such a small effect on you that i would say it's got like a quart of blood like yeah. every enemy squirts blood when you hit them but because the blood is all like squares you don't think <laughs> of it that much it, it doesn't really it feel loose, the yeah. same It's not even just that it's pixelated, because there are plenty of bloody pixelated games that, uh, like, left uh, marks on people forever, like when Hitler's head explodes in Bionic Commando. I think that's one of the goriest (laughs) things I have ever seen in my life, and that's only eight bits. But when something squirts blood in this game, it feels like confetti, and I think that's just part of the visual effects they were using.
0: Yeah, it's a flourish. It's not... Yeah. Yeah. It's not meant to be gory or anything. Really. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'd give it some a low amount of blood. I yeah, think. absolutely. One vampire bat's worth of blood, perhaps.
1: Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, oh my God, this game! This game is a 97 bat game for me. This game Jeez, is batty. This game is batty. It's so <laughs> good. I I love this game. 97 bats. I can't think of any other number that would be good for it. Like yeah. it's just it's just fantastic.
0: It's so good. Think, yeah, I'm gonna give this one bat that you need to be. In order to traverse the inverted castle. That area. makes
1: sense to me. So, <laughs> listeners, if you haven't tried it yet, if you like, if you enjoy video games and especially enjoy like Metroidvania exploring type video games, and you haven't played the original Symphony of the Night, I'm pretty sure that Requiem Collection is available on most modern platforms. I think it's on Steam. Uh, uh, I think maybe. it's on a bunch I, of different stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that this this game is easy enough to play now. Mm-hmm. I think like I I was in kind of a hard place, and you know when I got around to this in 2017, I. Did not have a really easy way to play this, but I think if you like own a PlayStation 4 or you have a computer If you, you if you have a computer
1: have it, with Google on it and you yeah. can Google Castlevania Symphony of the Night free, it won't be very <laughs> hard to find out how to play Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yes. However, if you would like to play it on a regular console, I understand that, uh, if only because it's easier to play a controller in that way. Um and uh I think that it like that Requiem Collection. Get I if you're gonna th- turn it off after five minutes, go ahead. But you should try Rondo of Blood because it's really it's really <laughs> something special. Uh,
0: yeah, I'd like to get to that eventually.
1: Yeah, this is like uh, I I had so much so much fun with this game, and I am ne- I am still not sick of it. Uh,
0: yeah, I think this is a it's an easy recommendation, and especially if you played um, like uh, even if you're like new to these kinds of games, if you. Like, played Hollow Knight, I think, or something like that. Hey, what the hell? Apparently,
1: Castlevania uh, Requiem is only on uh, PlayStation 4, Android, and iOS. So, absolutely emulate this shit. Never mind. I misremembered (laughs) that.
0: Uh, Um, If you played like newer Indie Metroidvanias, I think this game, even compared to some of those, is just a walk in the park. It's it's such a comfortable, easy experience, especially this time of year. Yes, absolutely. Like,
1: Hollow Knight will uh, grind your bones to make its bread. (laughs) <laughs> but in a good way, it's a very good game. But yeah. like, uh, this is Hollow Knight learned all of its tricks from this game in Super Metroid, and yeah. this game still absolutely holds up. And the other versions of, uh, I, I don't know about the other Metrovania's uh, or like, uh, there's plenty of other Metrovania games that I like. But this one is, re- this one still holds up it's super still well up for
0: something unique. I think absolutely,
1: um, even that even that its own sequels didn't really do.
0: Yeah, and it's. This is definitely, especially given the modern glut of indie Metroidvania's, a lot of which are very good. It's hard to say that one of these games, like years and years later, still offers something new.
1: Right. Uh, I was just shit talking Ocarina of Time earlier, uh, for that ex- you know for that exact kind of reason. Uh, but this game does not have that problem, and uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Thank you for joining Absolutely. us on this little spooky excursion, and we will see you next time with whatever episode gets released chronologically next i hope you have been enjoying the terrorsodes and have a wonderful spooky castle time next week
0: goodbye bye